on the Texas Steampunk Connection, your source for steampunk event information in the great free state of Texas. We also discuss books, films, comics, and games. Also, we enjoy visiting with the local steampunk luminaries. I'm Flavio. I'm Erica. And I'm Fax, your hosts. Thank you for tuning in, and now on to the episode. Hello, welcome to Texas Steampunk Connection, Season 2, Episode 7. We are back once again. And we're into April, right? Yes, we are into April. April 9th, to be exact. Hi, April. <laughs> well, yes, hi, April. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't sound right. Anyway, I've been a few places, you've been a few places, we've read a few books, we have some things to talk about. Let's start off. Last weekend, I went to the Fan Expo up in Dallas. Not necessarily a steampunk event, but there was some steampunk going on, as I it said was, before. It was more of a, a geek convention oh, yeah, or, very or a fandom convention. convention. Yes, comic books, movies, the whole thing, you know, like big conventions that we have here at well, the conventions we have here in Austin or Comic Palooza. You saw some, or you met some voice actors. I met I met some voice actors. I met Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman from the animated series. He is the quintessential voice of Batman. <laughs> I saw pictures. He looks like a guy. Yeah, he just looks like a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got his autograph just because. And uh, Mark Hamill was there. I didn't get to meet him. And Alan, T- Alan Tudyk was there. I didn't get to meet him. Uh, yeah, because lines. Yeah, lines were mobs. insane. It was a fun convention, but they had it kind of squashed down. They could have spread it out a little bit more because there was plenty more room in that building. You know, like convention centers have the big buildings and everything. They just shoved it all in a couple of areas. And yeah, it, the layout was a little bit to need to be adjusted, I think. A lot of crashing of lines. But they did have a, a steampunk track. Yes, there was the Sky Marshals. They were there. Now, the Sky Marshals, I think we, I mentioned them before because that was one of the reasons when I was going to this convention. They are a group of like-minded theme punkers. They have decided that they wanted to do something for charity. The man Good. Who, That's cool. Yes. The, the man who put them together. He, he's a fellow. Uh, he's not in Texas. No. He lives up north somewhere. And he unfortunately. He said hit, Kansas. That's what you told me. I said that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. Nobody comes from Kansas. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay. Anyway. North so, of Texas. Forget this. Yes. He's north. He doesn't live in Texas. We had, there is a chapter in Dallas, the Sky Marshals. We met them at Steampunk November. They were there at Steampunk November. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember the Sky Marshals. They were putting people in jail. Yes, it's jail for charity. <laughs> Basically, a dollar a minute. If you want to contribute to charity and you want to put a friend in jail, <laughs> you talk to them. I used to see these. This used to happen back in the old days when I was going to the Star Trek conventions. The Klingons were doing this. I don't remember if the Klingons were doing it for charity, but they were putting people in jail. <laughs> I, I remember this sort of thing at old fandom conventions at like colleges mm-hmm. uh, and and things uh, fundraisers for local clubs or or what have you yeah i, I th- this is a sort of an age-old tradition right and the sky marshals have picked it up and they were actually asked to be at, at this convention by the people running the convention they didn't just That's say nice. hey can we be there they were called and asked to be there their founder was there the captain of the dallas chapter was there and several other people were there they're really nice people they also ran a couple of panels one of them actually had well they had the welcome to steampunk or the or steampunk, everything you want to know, but we're afraid to ask. And they had steampunk, where do we go from here? (laughs) Why would you be afraid to ask about steampunk? I don't know, but people were afraid to ask. Okay, all right. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask, if you are. One of the things I noticed about a bunch of panels is, like, they they, they have them open forums. You know, it's like they're hoping for questions from the audience. The problem is, if there's nobody in the audience or people are afraid to ask questions, then things get to slow down. So, I mean, it's my opinion that, you know, you should have some kind of 
presentation at least because I mean they're like okay we don't want to be up here and teach a class and preach to you well you may not want to do that you should probably be prepared to do that because I think some people go to panels thinking that's going to happen to them anyway is, is that the kind of panel that you saw at <laughs> they the... had the open forum let's ask ask us talk to us <laughs> you know and nobody talked to them a lot a very few people did oh. I contributed the best I can I mean it was still a really decent panel one of the panels uh, they have YouTube shows they're like maybe 15-20 minutes long there's a place called Cowtown up there where he's from and it's basically a, an, it's an old west town <laughs> and they filmed it there I imagine it, it kind of looks something like you know how we have this uh farm place up here with all the buildings that's a uh, preppage farm no yeah. that's not right well, one of those. pioneer farm pioneer farm right so kind of look like pioneer farms but more western thank you erica <laughs> uh-huh and you know of course it was really a very low budget film of course but you know in the you know they're not they're not professional actors but it was still really entertaining i enjoyed them they have like several episodes that you can find them on their youtube if you, if you look for steam and shadow productions i believe is what i'm told you can link them if i can find them we'll find them we'll link them <laughs> in the youtube and, it, and no, from, from the their Facebook explanation page. From him talking about it, it took forever for them to get him edited and, and processed, like uh, like over, like a year or two. Because you know, th- you know, he said he admits, you know, you live in this is one of those live and learn kind of situations. When you're filming something and it's supposed to be at night, don't film it in the middle of the day, because <laughs> the editors, or if you have people who even know what they're doing, it's still really difficult to make it look like it's nighttime <laughs> when you film something in the middle of the day. Makes sense, right? I suppose. But if you film it at night, it's dark. True. That's where fancy lighting comes in. I'm assuming. <laughs> I don't know how any of that works. I, yeah, I'm not, in... I'm not a filmmaker. Yeah, but yeah, it was still there were still really interesting, you know, really interesting films, and I'm, I'll find them and link them. But I mean, I think there needs to be more panels. We, we, I think we could do a panel. We, we've sat in on a few quote unquote panels at conventions that were more like they're more like lectures, mm-hmm. or or even worse, as you mentioned, sort of a here's some people who are gonna talk ad nauseum about whatever it is they're doing kind of like we do on the show <laughs> this is true yes but we don't have people staring at us other than us thank god for that <laughs> but we've also yeah we've, we've seen a few good panels and the difference seems to be there's more advanced planning they've gotten a, a breakdown of mm-hmm. what they want to talk about they've got visual aids probably a handout for uh, what they are trying to put together mm-hmm. uh, that you could follow along and pick up what you've missed if you come in late. And having having seen some of those, we could we could do something like that. I think uh, we could. Uh, I think we we talked about it uh, recently, sort of building putting together a, a welcome to steampunk uh, presentation presentation. I don't like steampunk 101 because it sounds like school. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Steampunk does sound more friendlier. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like, I think, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not really afraid of being in front of people. Because I, you know, I like being on stage. I like being up in front, in front and center. You know, and I, I know I, st- I stutter a little bit here, but that's because I don't know. We're free form in here, kind of. Thing. Of course, we are. Right, right. But it might be fun and interesting. We might have something we can uh, we can bring to the table. And, I hope so. And, uh, so we should, we should probably work on that. Put something together and yeah, figure out yeah. how to present it to conventions and see how to get them how to get into it and accept it. That that'd be something to do. So if anybody has any advice out there, let us know. How do you get into conventions and get your panels going in there? Yeah, if you run a panel, tell us about it. We'd like to hear, um, you know, what topics you cover, what you find interesting, what you've learned by doing panels in the past, what you find that works best. Yeah, or and you know, and, if, and of course, and if you're out there and you've gone to panels, what did you not like about them? What did you like about them? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. As well. Also, I think talking with the Sky Marshals, I think I may be joining them. 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I started. I think I. I think I may be joining them. I may or may not be getting a badge next time I see them. They may have forgotten about me by now. We're not recruiting. <laughs> well, I kind of asked, you know, because they got a badge and everything, and there's they have no representation south of Dallas either. So mm-hmm. you've you mentioned know. that the Sky Marshals role playing their role they, is they, is yes. the hero the the they are they are the, the they law are, yes they are the law hero. of the multiverse kind of thing because there's so many pirates out there <laughs> kind of thing there there are a lot of questionable folk so and, so you're gonna be you're gonna be the sheriff of this you're oh, gonna clean up this one horse town i just want to have a nice badge <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean I'll, I'll help them out when i'm when they're around but i don't think i can you know run run this area on my own kind of situation and i'm definitely you know we don't have enough people to have a, a decent meetup let alone a posse of sheriff or but you can represent i can represent yes oh, okay all right you know, if they need contacts down here, I'll be their contact, you know, kind of thing. I'll be the, instead of the Lone Ranger, I'll be the Lone Marshal. <laughs> okay. You know, plus, I'll, you know, I'll look good with the badge. I shot the sheriff. But you didn't shoot the Jeopardy. No. Uh, okay, I'm not going to be the sheriff. <laughs> You've been awfully quiet over there, Erica. Sorry. No input about panels? I mean, I know uh, you've been to a few panels with us. I have been to a few panels. I don't consider myself to be an expert. I, I know what I don't like, and I know what I am bored by seeing, but I am not sure that I would be able to take from that and make something that people would want to see. I just know what I don't like. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've seen a variety. Like, when I was in Seattle for that for that convention up there, one of the panels... I don't know if it was actual panel or a show because they were just having a good old time up there. They were talking about mixology and this is kind of you know this is the kind of drink and here's here's the recipe for this drink and they spun this wheel and it's like okay we'll talk about gin this is what came up on the wheel and or you know <laughs> and it was so it was a topic of interest for you oh yeah yeah very much so and but as like I said it was very entertaining they they, had, they were in, they were just dancing around and having a good old time that's the <laughs> trick isn't it to yep. be entertaining yep and not to be unentertaining that's the hard part <laughs> definitely I mean so I mean I think it has to be part presentation part show part information you know, yeah kind of thing it's it's just got to be a thing we got it's got to almost be an act for the most part I think. Mm-hmm. Probably true. Yeah. Just to make it really entertaining. But anyway, I think it's something we should look into. And once again, the Sky Marshals, they are a charity organization. His vision when he first started it up was he was looking like the like groups like the 501st, the stormtroopers out there, how they just mm-hmm. grown and blew up and they became a big thing. I've seen this I've seen the 501st do exactly this this sort of shit. Exactly. And so he's hoping, you know, to do. Kind of, he he doesn't imagine he's ever going to get as big as a five hundred first, obviously. Well, but he's hoping, you know, he wants to have a, a presence in the in the steampunk community, something like that. The Sky Marshals, and like I said, in the Dallas in the Dallas X Fan Expo, all they were raising money for the Epilepsy Foundation. Unfortunately, he did have a friend that passed away from epilepsy from an epileptic attack. But that's not the only charity they contribute to. That was just the one they chose for the Dallas. I'm sure if you want, if you can contact him, if you want, if you want to donate, I'm sure he's willing to accept even without having to jail somebody (laughs) kind of thing. Sure. And they have a Facebook page, Sky Marshals. Pretty easy to find. We'll link that too. I will link that for sure. All right. 
that's all I have to say about that for now. So we're going to move on. We have some reviews. We've had a couple of books read. We'll start with uh, Erica. You read a book. You read the second part of that series that we talked about last time. Right. The Hunger, Hunger, Hungry City? Uh-huh. Series? The Hungry City Chronicles by Philip Reeve. The second book is called Predator's Gold, and it's the continuing adventures of Tom and Hester as they go on to other cities. And what happens to them? Well, they find the city of Anchorage, which has been somewhat depleted by some sort of plague that they don't really explain. It's just somebody brought in some old tech from out in the field, and it made everybody sick, and so many people had passed away, and the city is just sort of almost on autopilot. Very few people still live in the city, and the young leader... Her parents have passed away in the plague, and she's sort of, you know, not sure what she should be doing. And she gets into her head that she's going to go and discover America based on the novels of a a professor of sort of questionable scholarliness. And sort of spun out this tale, and it's sort of fantastical and not quite believable. But because she's young and because she wants to believe in it, she believes in it. And so they set off to find America across the ice. And Tom and Hester have sort of a lover spell because Hester gets jealous that Tom is spending so much time with the leader of Anchorage and there's a little bit of kind of a love triangle oh, and no. it gets a little soap opera Where was Anchorage? Was it up north in the Alaska area or just out there? And um, did it say anywhere where it could have been? It's hard to... It's hard to place you don't really get a good sense of, very, of geography okay. they're they're in the ice somewhere and they're traveling sort of southward and i get the impression that maybe where they're found is someplace in like i don't know eastern russia and they come down sort of i don't know past <laughs> past where alaska yeah. used to be and yeah, into, yeah, that's one thing i noticed when i read the first book the geography wasn't very well well because they, this the, the world yeah. has shifted and <laughs> yeah. there's there's been a new ice age and there's god knows what anyway it's, it was an interesting Interesting story. Character of Anna Fang. You thought she was dead, but maybe she's not. There's kind of an open-ended thing. And oh, good. I, I really like that character. And I. Well, you won't like what she's become. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell me anymore. Don't tell me anymore. <laughs> yes. Anyway, it was kind of soap opery, but it it moved along pretty smartly, and there was some good action, and you get some more characters and other cities. First book talked about the traction cities, and then the stationary mm-hmm. cities, and then the airship cities, and then in this one, you find out that there's also an underwater city. Oh. Are the underwater cities move around as well? No, they're, it they're does stationary? not. Okay. And it's it's run by sort of a really unsavory person, and you find out more about him later. I don't want to ruin it for you. So, <laughs> but it's it's very very interesting, and it's it's almost like the authors found a formula because another city, like at the end of uh, at the end of the first one, the city of London gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. At the end of this book, another city gets destroyed. So that's it's kind of formulaic a little bit, and then there's a little surprise ending at the end where you're like, yay! And I mean, if you're following the soap proper part is kind of oh how cute does it leave it open for the next book yes definitely leaves it open for the next book anyway it's it's still compelling it's still interesting to me um i still want to find out what happens next well that's a good i mean that's definitely a good recommendation if you want to continue reading what's going on what's happening what's next what's next that's that's usually a good sign Uh, especially since i know that you hate serial i do i hate series books (laughs) i hate series one one and done. standalone novels you don't have to worry about which one comes first and you don't like what what is happening here generally no <laughs> so, I, so don't. I think this really speaks for it yeah, that it you're actually willing to keep pushing forward right well i mean you know the story the this story does stand alone 
I mean, the, it reintroduces characters from the from the first book. So you uh-huh. didn't necessarily have to read, the but first you would book. not have had to read it. it okay. You know, it starts out the the city of Anchorage is in crisis. The the young leader leads her people to what may be a conclusion. You know, so you could read this book and you could be done with it. You could be okay. So Freya Rasmussen has led her people to the promised land, and everything is gonna <laughs> is everything is gonna be okay. But there's also more. Okay, that sounds th- that sounds good. I'll probably read it as well since I did read the first one. Mm-hmm. Well, we all did. Yeah, we all read it. Yeah, Dax, you read another book. I have been reading a book. Just about to finish it. Some time ago, I guess near the end of last season, there was a Kickstarter we talked about uh, yeah, yeah. for a few yeah. weeks mm-hmm. called Adelton Heights by George Wright Paget. Is this the one that was he was trying to have like a, a party at a museum? Yes, he was he was trying to have a, a, a book release party at the museum in Houston, right, but that, it, didn't pay, that didn't pay out. That didn't pay right. Out. The Kickstarter did not reach its goals, and they weren't able to do it. But, but I bought the book anyway. He still released his book, though. That's good. And I got to the point where it was time to read it, and so I cracked this sucker open and went to it. So what do you think of it? What is it? Is it good? It's uh, a steampunk. It's. Yes, there are things about it that are steampunk that I would definitely say are of the steampunk aesthetic in the the world, the way it's laid out. But the writing style, as I I suspected when I read the description, it's much more detective noir. Okay. Sort of hard-boiled detective novel. Okay. I've I've read a few like that. And it it took me a while to get into it. From the beginning, the main character, Mr. Kipsey, and the guy who's been dragging him all over town, I found them difficult to associate myself with, to, to really get into... And I really, I just didn't like them. I, didn't, I couldn't. <laughs> Were they not nice people? To them. Or yes, okay, yes. Uh, uh, Mr. Kipsey did, didn't seem like a particularly nice person. Uh, Mr. Haneman was definitely not a nice person. He wasn't supposed to be. But I didn't care about anybody enough to be concerned when. Were people these, were aiming guns at each other and making threats and people these, being beaten up. Were these whatever. two supposed to be the main characters or the yes. the, the good guys or the, the, the protagonists? We'll say main something? characters. <laughs> the protagonists? Um, I don't want to I don't want to tell too much. Okay. But as the book continued and moved forward and I slowly got to get under Mr. Kipsey's skin because they don't really tell you a lot about his background or what motivates him up front you you kind of have to learn about it through the book which is good it's it's uh, it's good writing but it takes a lot a little while for me to warm up to the character but i did and now i'm actually interested in him and the femme fatale that he's met okay and uh well, that's good he's got you finally got you finally hooked you <laughs> yeah yeah it's a very interesting world that they're navigating through so what what is the world is it a, is a modern i mean is it victorian time is it alternate it's, dimension it's world a, what is the world post world post not world war two uh, post civil war adelton heights is this city that's built basically up on stilts of steel in in the air so it's held up by stilts and airbags airbags balloons balloons uh, okay just to keep it up there right and i'm sure that this doesn't make any sense using physics but we'll just we just roll with it because that's the <laughs> it's steampunk that's the thing <laughs> they have balloons and so everyone is sort of stuck in the city there's not convenient ways to move on and off except through airships and the whole city is is basically owned or maintained by you know the man in the high castle who is not a heroic character <laughs> and he's got big plans for the city that aren't necessarily aren't aren't very humanitarian oh and someone up at the top is being a bad guy <laughs> right right so 
Detective Kipsy has to figure out what's going on and and stop the bad guys, right? Of course, yes, that's what the heroes do. So there's there's airships and cable cars and steam powered vehicles and very. Babbage engine type automaton robots and okay. all sorts of groovy stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and a mystery going on that needs to be solved. Right, right, right. And I, I'm near the end. I'm like in the last hundred pages. I think basically the mysteries are revealed. And now it's just a matter of yeah. the race to foil the big plan. So overall, were you happy with your purchase? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm glad I read it. I'm glad I pushed through the first... Yeah, 100 pages of the book that yeah, got into it and and now I'm, I'm yeah I hate it when I buy a book and, and it starts off as a slog you know it's like do I want to continue <laughs> do I really want to finish this book because there have been a few books where I started reading and put down because I couldn't get past the first couple of chapters I think <laughs> someone who is a, a faster reader than me would probably not have near the problems I don't they think I'm just... not if I'm any faster it's not by much <laughs> I am not a very fast reader either so you recommend the book I, I do I do uh, and it did fall it, under, it did fall into steampunk it, it is steampunk, sort of. Sort of. I mean, the, the, the world is steampunk. The, the writing is is noir. Noir. But there's if you're into that. that, I like noir. <laughs> I, I do too. Just it's it's good. Check it out. George that- Paget Wright is the author. It's put out by Gray Gecko Press, which is sort of micro publisher out of Houston. Hmm. I'll, I'll put a link up. Obviously, worth checking out. Worth supporting. A so he's essentially a local small. Arthur, Texas local Texas Arthur. Right, but he's but he's not. This isn't his first book. He's got some some books under his belt he's got some experience and that shows i think he his writing style has definitely had some polish awesome well it's my turn yay i didn't read a book well i've had a book but it wasn't a steampunk book but right now i have this collection of comic books surprise surprise i'm a big comic book guy this is one that i don't think i've talked about before but it has been going around it's been around for a long time it's called lady mechanica joe benitez's joe benitez lady mechanica it is... I like his art. It is a very beautiful book. The art in this book is beautiful. They are... What publisher is... I think it's Image. I don't see the publisher on here anywhere, but it doesn't matter. I'll find it. However, Lady Mechanica, there are several limited series. The first one is five-book limited series, six if you count issue zero. And basically, she is a steampunk cyborg for the most part think of the bionic woman where her arms where her legs got replaced by mechanical parts and I think well no her arms got replaced in this one and her eyes so I'm looking at cover art and she doesn't look mechanical well, <laughs> her arm. That's she's not wearing anything there on her arms. That's her. I'll say, it's that's not even that sexy. Oh, oh, you mean uh, okay? Her arm. That's that's I, that's that's what her arm looks like without without a sleeve. Well, there's there's art over here with less. Well, yeah, I mean, some, less of a sleeve. Of course, some people are drawing her more sexy. It depends on the cover you buy. Oh, oh, okay. Like this one, she's wearing a full full outfit right there. Yeah, yeah, okay. And her arms aren't her arms are not covered, but they look mechanical. So she's or, a she's, she's a, a a cybernetic person. Yeah, she's a cybernetic person. The first arc, the first five, it's a limited series. It's kind of a it's a mystery. Where did I come from? Who made me? She has no memory of how she became the way she is, and it's 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 a mystery. They find another little cyborg girl and they try to figure out what happened there and it's it's just really it's really well written it's a very it's it's like a almost a sherlock holmes ish for on this first episode the first series okay and like i said she's she's also she's kind of like a freelance troubleshooter detective See, my first like thought it goes to like ghost in the shell obviously that 
that's cyberpunk versus right. steampunk. Something I guess is very similar. Yeah. Okay. However, in the second series called The Tablets of Destiny, they change it up. She's more of an adventurous and it's more very Indiana Jones like where she's fighting Nazis and they're looking for these tab- the Tablets of Destiny, which oh. are apparently hold the secrets for some kind of secret weapon. And so of course, the Nazis are looking for it and she's pulp. trying to stop them. Yes, this turned into pulp. I really like it. It's still beautiful art. Is it historical in that, you know, they say this is post-World War One, or is it? Just don't think too much about it, and let's just go with it. Essentially, don't think too much about it. Let's okay, go with it. all right. We can do that. <laughs> then they have a two-issue limited series called The Lost Boys of West Abbey, where it's kind of another kind of detective kind of thing, where there's a bad guy like Moriarty trying to... He's, there's little boys being kidnapped, and they're being turned into these little mechanical creatures, and there's bombs involved, and then she's got to stop them before, you know, find out the, find out why is this guy doing it, stop him, stop him from blowing up the world, or whatever. Whoa. And the, the, the next series I like is one of my favorites. It's called La Dama de la Muerte. This is more, I mean, I, the art in this one is even my is my most favorite. She's she's wearing more like a Day of the Dead kind of skulls, the, the sugar skulls. Okay. Because she goes to Mexico. She winds up in Mexico anyway. Tequila. <laughs> Tequila, tequila, and tequila. there's a village there that's being attacked and and terrorized by these banditos, and the banditos also have some kind of pack with some kind of demon as well. So there's a little bit of magic of involved. Yes, and it's a revenge. This one's more of a western of revenge. It's your favorite. It sounds just like the Three Amigos, <laughs> except it's more a little bit more serious than that. <laughs> I love the Three Amigos. That's my favorite movie. My favorite I, comedy movie. I know. <laughs> But yeah, unfortunately, it does. It's not much. So happy the whole the whole village. It's a revenge. It's a revenge story where she has to go and avenge the, the village kind of thing. And it's like the it's a western. It's a revenge movie. It, it you know they change it up. The, the stories are they're not all the same. You know, like like I said, one was like more like Indiana Jones. So one each one is home. is fairly well encapsulated. Very, very you don't have to read exactly. them in order exactly. And you said there were four of them now. There's four limited series. Four series. But they're different. Like this one's only a three issue limited series. The first one was six issues. The second one was. Four Four, okay. And the third one was like two. <laughs> Only two issues. So real quick read, mm-hmm. uh, low commitment. <laughs> exactly. And But like I said, they're, they're just really well done. They're, it's very Victorian in their attitudes. You know, I mean, yes, she's a woman. Sometimes they react, oh, we are just a woman. But, of course, she shows them because she's strong and independent kind of thing. Okay, cool. I just really enjoy the series. It's, and it's like I said, what really drew me in was the, the cover art. It's just it's beautiful, and the interior art's just as pretty. Is it full color pages? Very full color pages. Oh, nice. And I highly recommend this series if you can find it. I don't. I think the guy is local, or he pretty close because he's been to some of our smaller conventions here in San, in Austin, the smaller comic book conventions. Joe Benitez. Yeah, but yeah, that name sounds familiar. So I just didn't want to talk to. I didn't want to give away too much. I don't want to do spoilers, which is why I'm being very vague. Right. I understand. <laughs> Same thing on on my review. Yeah. Cool. I, it's just hard to to gush about it without giving away spoilers but I really really enjoy this series I really highly recommend it I will definitely put links up to it and I think some of them have the first couple of limited series have been condensed into a trade paperback so you can probably find those as well out there so that's it for that you have a news article that you're all gushing about and want to talk about I did I just wanted to bring this up short article that I'm going to read some time ago, we talked about the Austin problems with mass transit. Yep. And Still happening. The potential, the plan for maybe having a trolley. No. Gondola. Yeah. Gondola cars. <laughs> which is never o- going to happen. Over huh? from South Lamar into downtown. Right. Which, you're right, it's never going to happen, but it sounded cool. So I got another one of those kind of crazy stories from... Uh, 
KUT, which is Austin's national public radio station. Fast and Furious, Hyperloop hopes to cut travel time in Texas by Stephanie Federico. This was published April 7th, so not long ago. A proposal that could help you maintain your sanity on the 195-mile trip from Austin to Dallas was unveiled in Washington, D.C. on Thursday. Hyperloop Texas projects the trip would take less than 20 minutes traveling via electric propulsion in pods through low-pressure tubes. <laughs> it was one of 11 teams to introduce... Into a tube. <laughs> yeah. It was one of 11 teams to introduce proposals at a meeting of policymakers and transportation experts as part of the Hyperloop Global Challenge. Hyperloop One, a brainchild of Tesla and SpaceX founder Elon Musk, envisions a new mode of high-speed transit for the price of a bus ticket. The Hyperloop would transport cargo and passengers through it through tubes at speeds of up to 760 miles per hour. The company included uh, introduced the challenge last May, calling for teams to complete to compete to be considered for the first Hyperloop network. That sounds fun. I've seen this. I've seen the same proposal in, in California. As well, well as another, another really large state with mm-hmm. a lot of people who are trying yeah. to move around. Then I've, I think I've also seen similar proposals for like just actual cross country travel as well. Of course, there's people blocking it for different reasons. You know, well, maybe <laughs> part of it is that the whole thing sounds insane. <laughs> yes, but I saw a short on TV. I saw somebody talking about it, and they're explaining the physics of it and everything like that. And it actually seemed very, very plausible the way they were talking about it. You know, the speeds and how they slow it down and speed it up and kind of thing like that. But, I'm fascinated. I would love to be able to go from Austin to Dallas in 20. Yeah, minutes. it would. It would have saved my last trip. I would have not had to drive my car, and I could have just come home and sleep in my own bed, and then get back on it and go back up to the convention in Dallas. That would have been cool. They're uh, they're showing a, a map here from Dallas to Austin to San Antonio to Laredo, and then uh, San Antonio over to Houston. So, I mean, we wouldn't even need cars. No, really. really. We just have to use the different ride shares to get around once we get to the different cities. That would be awesome. not a big deal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, would you be willing to uh, throw yourself into a pod at 760 miles per hour to get to, to Dallas or San Antonio? Considering how much time I've spent in my life stuck in traffic on I-35. <laughs> yeah. Amen. I, yeah. Oh, man, the constant construction I-35 in the Temple area. I, I don't want to go north yep, and then, anywhere. And I don't understand how people get into accidents. We're all going in the same direction. We're going straight. How are you hitting other people? We're all moving at 10 <laughs> miles an hour. Yeah. What did you do? <laughs> so this is, I mean, you know, this probably never happened either, but it's very exciting to hear you know, I'm, I'm out of the box. It. I'll do it. Uh, I want it. Ideas. I, we need this. <laughs> need it. It's also very Logan's Run. They had that kind of. They had that kind of transportation of Logan's Run, but it was more of an inner city thing that they were doing. But they yeah. were getting these little pods and shoot through, shoot through the tubes. That's pretty fun. Yep. So I would fine. do that. You'd do that? I would, I would do, do that, that I'm for it, too. Yes. <laughs> We'd have to get dressed up, of course. Of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, we watched the movie just today. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, this movie is on a lot of steampunk movie lists. It has. Yes, I've seen it on the list. I've, it's the first time I've seen it. It's an older movie. It is a classic Terry Gilliam film. Yeah. <laughs> As listeners, I wonder if you know what I'm talking about already. If you've looked for, for steampunk movies on lists... Do you know, have you seen this movie? Have you seen Brazil? (laughs) Well, we just did. 
It wasn't the first time for Thax. No, no. This is probably the third time I've seen this movie, and I this was my realizing first you need to see this movie three times to to what? get what's going on. I um, never want to see it again. I never. love this movie. I have PTSD from this movie. <laughs> So as you can see, Erica didn't like it. No, it was horrible. I'm confused about the movie. <laughs> so before we go what forward, just watch. Let, let's just let's just lay it out there. Okay, we're going to have spoilers. We're going to talk about the stuff that happens in this movie. If you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to get spoiled, skip over to uh, uh, <laughs> to to upcoming events. I'm of the opinion that even if you, we did spoil it, you still won't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> First, it's Terry Gilliam, and he has a, a way of, of laying out his movies where everything seems sort of disjointed. Yes. He doesn't explain everything. Yes. And it, the flow of the plot doesn't feel like... You're, you're not sure what the plot is, or if the part that you're watching is the plot. Exactly. I don't know what the plot of this movie was. It's very dreamlike. There was, in, yeah, in there some was ways dream sequences. There was a... I, was it the man in, falling in love with the woman of his or in his dreams? Okay, so the main character, Sam, is a cog in the machine, a, a post-industrial bureaucratic bureaucracy. Yeah. That I mean, th- they spent quite a bit of a time establishing that at the beginning of the movie, right? Yes. This is it's all this about is the paperwork. A, a bureaucracy gone mad, which is sort of what get, gets me into it. Admittedly, uh, I don't know why, what that has to do with steampunk. But kind of reminded me of 1984, like kind of a really absurd take on the 1984 newspeak. Yeah, kind of. It also reminded me of a, a, a song by the Police. Actually, probably a few songs by the Police. Sting, Terry Gilliam, Sting, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, the Vogons. A lot of bureaucracy. They're, they're all British, and they all have this sort of commonality. Oh. The British horror. Of bureaucracy gone mad. <laughs> I, I'm fascinated because it's not something American culture sees as a great horror. I mean, this is a horror theme. It's uh, pretty scary. The but, bureaucracy is crazy. But, I work in a bureaucracy. It scared me. <laughs> but the 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 British view of it, the the to them, it the, looks the like British it looks oppre- like order to them. <laughs> bureaucratic oppression that. It has its own flavor that I, I don't think Americans would express in the same way. Right. And I'm fascinated by it with all the, the tubes and the vents and, and oh, the rules. Man. and That sci-fi movie that came out a few years ago, Jupiter Rising. Yeah. They had a scene in there where it was very bureaucratic. Fill out this paperwork, go to this place, get this stamp, do this, do that. And it was... <laughs> the movie itself was terrible. I hated the movie. But that was a little amusing because <laughs> she was supposed to have been some kind of princess, but she had to go through all this red tape and paperwork and everything to get it officialized and every kind of thing. It was crazy. <laughs> so uh, the main character, uh, Sam, is part of this bureaucracy. He's got his job and he does it well and he enjoys it. But he's also a dreamer and it cuts into two dream sequences where he is a hero and it's very escapist yeah it took me a minute to realize it was a dream that i was watching when that was happening <laughs> it's like what what am i looking at now oh okay it's yeah, a yeah, dream this is a dream it. and yeah. you're right the movie 
goes from regular life to his dream sequences sort of smoothly enough that you're not sure what's going on until he misses his stop on the subway Mm -hmm. because he was dreaming a thing. And you sort of, as a watcher, you sort of dismiss it as, oh, yeah, he's daydreaming, and that's just the thing that he does. But But then gradually, as the movie progresses, he sort of dissociates from reality more and more. Yes! And and it almost becomes like a hallucination. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> that, from that's his... exactly right. And that's why I say you have to watch this movie two or three times. Because by the end, he's totally disassociated with real life. And you realize he's disassociated way past when he actually stopped being in real life. You have to watch the movie again to say, well, where, where, is this still real? Yeah. Or is this in his head? Yeah, yeah. And third time around, I think I know where it's split. <laughs> Was it before or after he got the girl? <laughs> before. So he never when got the When he got the girl, that's when you know he's in his head. There's no reason for Jill Little Lytle to have any interest in him. Right. But that, that happens in a lot of movies. There's no reason for, for the two couple to fall in love. It's because it's in the script. That's why they fell in love. <laughs> that happens in a lot of movies I watch. Bad movies? Okay. You recognize that he's going to break ties with sanity at some point if i were to make a mark it was when it was that kicked, point when, when, when she started liking him or so it's when she kicked him out of the truck is when he split uh when she kicked him out of the truck and he got arrested by the police and he's being dragged downtown that's it that's the end and then he's still in and out it's like the point where he's trying to save her and she likes him and they're having this romance that's it that's in his head <laughs> the part where he's again captured by information retrieval which you learn by the end is the gestapo the gestapo the, <laughs> the part of government that drags you downtown and interrogates you tortures you to get information out of you when he's in that room with that the, i got with michael palin who is apparently scary as hell <laughs> you know monty python michael palin <laughs> scary <laughs> cool yeah I, I got that part when he when he was in the interrogation that 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 part right there was not real <laughs> you know well when the rescue happened i got that part right right that whole <laughs> that whole rescue and him started falling into nothing making sense anymore then he's he's way he's way gone <laughs> so it's been on a bunch of steampunk lists i'm trying to figure out what made it steampunk i mean we have the three priority or three criteria that we have victorian times it wasn't victorian not times. victorian although very british very but british. not not victorian it looked british. to me very 40s 20s maybe with the fedoras and the trench coats very noir yeah um, yeah Th- there were times where the director the, the, the way it was and, the yeah. way it was filmed the and lighting, the backlighting yeah. was the, beautiful noir uh, and the music shots. even sometimes like there's certain times where the music kicked in and the shadows and the lighting yeah you very know, noir they started playing saxophones yeah, like that's oh very noir yeah so but his dream sequences are he's got these mechanical wings and that could be he's flying yeah steampunk he's like steampunk icarus yeah and he's fighting the the, uh, the electric samurai. Their general technology was antiquated, I guess. I mean, it looked like typewriters for their computers. Yeah, it was sort of the 1940s, 1950s, but there's an internet, there's a network. Some kind of network, that, yeah. A series of tubes. And there's a series of tubes. Everything's very weird, which is Pneumatic what I tubes. like about it, but it's crazy and oppressive. Am I right with that? Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, <laughs> Never once. So to not see Victorian. <laughs> I guess some of the technology and the, the, the flying wings, the, his, his mechanical wings and everything, and the samurai. 
I guess that I, that's close enough. That was that was all in his head. Yeah, in his no, head. I'm talking about but they're, the actual technology they're using with the pneumatic tubes and the typewriter computers and because I mean because I mean some of the stuff that that I've seen online where it's like hey, I made this computer look steampunk and it looks like an old typewriter kind of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and then definitely kind of the dystopian anti-authoritarian. Yeah, yep, that's where the anti-message uh, comes in. Yeah. yeah so two I out think of three. It's probably the yeah. barely best. two out of three. <laughs> The best uh, uh, one and a half out of three <laughs> non Armageddon sort of dystopian world that I've seen. So I mean, what are we going to call it? One and a half out of three? I I don't think it's steampunk. You don't think it's steampunk? I don't yeah, think it belongs. Even though on it's on list. a lot of lists of these are the movies that are steampunk. Yeah, it's very, and it's very like I said. The, I'm confused about the movie. I, I don't. I know you say you have to watch it two or three times to understand it. I don't I feel like so. I don't feel like sitting through it another two times either. No, <laughs> I wouldn't re- watch it back to back. You know, in like a year, a year, you can come oh, back yeah. and watch it again. All right. I had seen bits and pieces of this movie before, but it had never been able to hold my attention. And then I sat through the whole thing today, and uh, seriously, I do. I feel. I feel to like, stay awake. I saw. I feel like I have taken a beating. Honestly, I really. I, I feel sort of psychically bruised. You know, I, I feel a little bit beat up by this movie. It was. It. It was. It was hard to watch. It was. It was kind of distressing. <laughs> it's so not we, the only Terry Gilliam film that we've watched that was difficult right right um, uh, he has a movie called Tideland that's about a little girl whose parents are drug addicts <laughs> and she kind of lives yeah, in a, a yeah. fantasy world and her Barbie dolls talk to her and she kind of goes down this Alice in Wonderland hole <laughs> not her Barbie dolls just their heads and they have these crazy hillbilly neighbors that are the products <laughs> of incest and it's just horror horrors bi- built upon horrors built upon horrors but it's all filtered through this little child's innocence of not right. really understanding Standing, and it wasn't actually how horrible. Land, was it? <laughs> no, it's called Tide Land. Oh, Tide Land. Sorry, and Tide so Land. because the the neighbor the neighbor kid or the retarded next door neighbor, he's not really a kid, but he's got a very childlike understanding of the world. I think he and the little girl are intellectually probably equal, <laughs> but she but the but the little but the young man is definitely much older than her, and he he looks out at the at the rolling waves of prairie grass and thinks of it as an ocean and he thinks that the train that goes through the field is a shark or something and he's going to kill it and he's going to blow it up anyway it's thailand is a horrible another horrible movie <laughs> uh, okay. from terry gilliam very similar thematic kind of the very subjective reality of the character it doesn't really thailand is so whacked out at the beginning of the movie Terry Gilliam gets up in front of it's like like a preface and apologizes for how fuck up this movie is going to be. <laughs> I don't think he's apologizing. I think he's just explaining. Like, he should apologize. He's, he's not we're, apologizing. We're way off he's topic ex- here. he's explaining the artistic vision. I think he probably needed to apologize for Brazil too. But it's it's very it's it's distressing <laughs> to get so far into someone else's head. Yeah, it, it, like I said, Brazil it, not my favorite movie. Very distressing. We are I did not, not like. calling it steampunk because <laughs> it doesn't like. quite follow any of our criteria of steampunk rules or definitions that we made for ourselves here. He is definitely a unique director. I got you know, one thing to genius. say about Brazil. Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro was in this movie <laughs> as a ninja plumber. <laughs> that yeah. was kind of awesome. He was he was a, a good character. A plumber, yeah, yes. Yeah, so I 
<laughs> Brazil. We don't call it steampunk. No. In, under our definition of steampunk here. I thought it was great, but I am alone in this. It is, <laughs> at best, a very weird, weird, noir... It is weird. ...mind-screwy thing. <laughs> I don't think I've seen a Terry Gilliam film that wasn't weird. So, okay, enough of that. Let's go on to something more interesting. How about some etiquette? Oh, do we have time? Yes. Oh, okay. That's my favorite part of the show. Alrighty then. Well, hang (laughs) on. So we're going to talk about the etiquette of introductions. Etiquette of introductions, yes. Oh, good. Oh, good. This could be important. Yes. Let's start with the important stuff. It is not necessary to have an introduction in order to pay your respects to the President of the United States, accepting that of the Master of Ceremonies at the receptions. He will receive your card and present you. For a private interview, it is better to be introduced by a senator or member of the House of Representatives. In visiting foreign courts, introductions are more a matter of ceremony than in this country. If you wish to obtain an introduction to the Emperor of France, (laughs) you must address your request to the Grand Chamberlain, which may be done personally or by letter your statement that you are an american citizen and a reference to the american consul will procure you an interview punctuality to the hour appointed for the hour for the interview is essential and ladies present themselves in full dress gentlemen in a dress suit of black white tie white vest gloves and necktie the ceremony of presentation will be explained before you are presented. In the English court, the ladies must be presented by a lady, gentlemen by a gentleman. Strangers must have credentials from the consul before they can be introduced. <laughs> <laughs> they make it sound so easy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, this I thought this was very interesting. If at a dinner or ball or upon any occasion you are introduced at a friend's house to one with whom you are not on good terms, though it be your bitterest enemy, etiquette requires you to salute him or her courteously and make no sign of resentment whilst under your friend's roof. Well, that's just good manners. And why would you be introducing somebody if they're your enemy? You should already know who they are. <laughs> but you know, you're at, you're at a party, and you're expected to you know mingle. play nice and and mingle with the other guests. Don't make yourself a, a nuisance, right? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I agree, especially if it's the president. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Well, I'm going to write my letter to France. I need to <laughs> declare myself as a U.S. citizen, of course, and <laughs> and then you can meet the Emperor of France. I, I want to, you know, find the the uh, American embassy and get one of those letters that says I'm I have credentials as a citizen. I just want to have that all the time in my back pocket or something. <laughs> Hurrying around with you, <laughs> go knocking at the door of Buckingham Palace. Hello, I have my credentials. I would like to have a private interview with the Queen. I'm an American citizen. I'm entitled. <laughs> Perhaps you should bring a gift or something. It doesn't mention that, but... Uh, no, no. You're, I, I think in this context, gifts are probably sort of vulgar. You present your card. Oh, yes, oh, yes. And that's it. Well, the only what if it's at a party? Then why are you going to take a, well, the gift... Why would you take a gift to a party? No, I always take a gift there, to a party. Well, if it's a, a birthday party, you give the gift to the right. person it's for. There is a section of of frost etiquette that that talks about giving gifts. Oh, okay. And, we'll take um, care of that next time. 
I'll, I'll look it up for next time. But I think I seem to recall that if you do bring gifts, it's only for the children of the household. Mm, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> Here, kids, here's some scotch. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's just it's just to be assumed that your that your host or hostess should has all of the material items to which he or she wishes, and that it's sort of insulting to say that you know here, here's <laughs> some toaster, charity. Yeah. yeah, here's some here's some charity because I know that you're a poor person or whatever. So it's oh. just it. I, I, I think etiquette was kind of different back then. I mean, now it's it's pretty it's pretty common to bring like a hostess gift when you come well, to a party. You bring like a bottle wine. of wine, yeah, or you bring. That's a, not really a gift per se. That's something for all to enjoy. Well, sure, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I am looking forward. You don't to, want to show up to a party empty-handed in right. this day and age. It's kind of seen bring as some beer or bring some yeah, wine, bring yeah. yeah, or bring some munchies or yeah. just whatever. I am looking forward to the next presidential shindig, where I shall stomp across the White House lawn like you do, and, and request shot. request an audience with the president. Well, apparently, we you, should approach your congressman. You, you need to uh, you need to speak with one of our senators, one of our wonderful Texas senators. Or oh, I will. Uh, or <laughs> introducing to the president. I have <laughs> their numbers. <laughs> My card. <laughs> or your. I want to do this. <laughs> I don't think it's quite the same anymore, unfortunately, as back in the day. Challenge accepted. I don't want to see you get arrested. (laughs) I don't want to meet any of those people. Honestly, if they turned up on my doorstep, I would not admit them. (laughs) I'm sorry, sir. We have not made acquaintance. No, no habla inglés. No, nobody here. No, no. Don't say no habla inglés. They'll send ice to your house. Maybe somebody else knocking on my door. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to let those people in either. Well, I mean, according to George Lopez, Mexicans, we don't answer the door anyway. (laughs) It's like, who ring the doorbell? Neither should the upper crust. We have butlers for that. (laughs) Right. We have people to do that. Well, that was fun. We're going to take a small break. We're going to listen to some music, and then we're going to go on with our coming up events. We'll be right back. Scoundrels doing anything they please But though these villains are heartless And they show no remorse Out to the west is a hero On his giant iron horse He rides valiantly through the desert And he fights corruption everywhere Them down and rides off into the cold night. He hears the cries of the helpless and rushes in with force. Fiends may try, but they can't run from his massive iron horse. So when you think that you're done for and you haven't got a prayer. Give a shout or a whistle And the horseman will be there He rides valiantly through the deserts And he fights corruption everywhere At night 
was the cog is dead the iron horseman i liked it that was a good one it was it reminded me of several other sh- groups but i like the sound so i'm not going to complain <laughs> yeah very good thank you yeah i'm definitely put a link up to that so what's so what's coming up well first off april 14th it is the spring steampunk fling up in dallas i've talked about this before but it's coming up quick it is a steampunk culture at the panopticon it's an annual pre-ren fest party it is in dallas texas 108 south pearl street dallas texas the panopticon they have a special guest in the main room dj red vamp they have a live performance by Darwin Prophet in the Cronus Mirror. And plus, lots of free tickets to Scarsbell Renaissance Festival and super, super cool Scarby swag. I'm not sure what all that's going to be, but there's going to be super cool swag. And, of course, it says Steampunk Tire is highly encouraged. Hey, it's a RenFest Season 2, so do your best for RenFest. Once again, that is April 14th up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. What's next? April 18th in the... Austin area, we have our monthly third Tuesday meetup this month. It's Gears and Beers Steampunk Gaming Night. Uh, we haven't had one of these gaming nights, and I checked it, and it's like seven months. Wow! So uh, yeah, uh, we need to we need to play some games. I like games. Uh, we've we've gotten a few new ones between the two of us. I know. Yes. So it's a good time to bring your parlor games of skill, logic, and chance. If you have card or board game you'd like to play bring it out doesn't have to be steampunk but preferred that's right that's right if you have something you want you're developing and you want play testers that's cool and uh we'll be talking about upcoming steampunk events of course and you are welcome to bring your friends from uh, the firefly fandom and doctor who and goth fans and just uh people Please, who like yes. to play games we all, we all should get along also, Sam Tyler, the incomparable Sam Tyler, is having a visit from Colorado, where she lives now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we'll be able to say hello to her and see what she's been up to. So that'll be awesome. Yep, beers and beers. And that's at Sherlock's Baker Street Pub up on 183, of course. 
Yes. All right. And then on April 22nd, we have finally pinned down a date. We are going to go see Curios, yep. Cabinet of Curiosities. We even have our tickets already bought. That's right. So this is a Cirque du Soleil show that's got a, a steampunk Flare. look to it. And we are going to road trip up on the 22nd and see the show and have a good time. And if anybody wants to come along, that would be great. Let's coordinate plans to Meet hang up out. And have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of our friends that's coming with us is actually a former Houston resident, so she knows where to go and what to do. There has been mention of free art museums that she knows about. Cool. And also a uh, some sort of chocolate Emporium. Chocolatry, uh, some sort of French for chocolate place. <laughs> <laughs> and you know me and chocolate, so let's do this. I saw a message the last couple of days from our friend Nosmo, who we took a cruise with. He's mm-hmm. sitting up in D.C., and he said he saw this show, and it's fantastic. Awesome. Like, like we didn't know already, but, but now he, we have he gives his thumbs up, awesome. so we're going to definitely awesome. have a good time. So after that, on the... 20- Wait a minute. Oh, there's, there's more. Sorry, my bad. You can't make it out to Houston for... Uh, Curios. Curios. Uh, here in Austin, the Alphabots is having a book reading at Art on 5th, which is on South Lamar. Uh, <laughs> Not on 5th. No. <laughs> What a deceptive name. It moved some few years ago. Yeah, it used to be on the 5th Street. That's another story. But it's between Kirby Lane Cafe and the Broken Spoke, 3005 South Lamar Boulevard. Art on 5th welcomes international street artist The Impossible Wintersborn for a preview of his new book, The Alphabots, a steampunk-inspired robotic journey through the alphabet. This event will feature never-before-seen works from the impossible Winterborn, as well as very limited edition prints of his new book. Join us for reception Saturday, the 22nd, from 7 to 9 p.m., with the first-ever book reading by the author at 8. Cool. That sounds like something if we weren't going to Houston, I would go to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not going to Houston, try checking this out. Looks like fun. Okay, now tell us. All right. (laughs) Now, for what sounds like a very great time, April 29th, in Fluke, well, where is it at? It's Buda, right? Buda, yes, it's in Buda. It is the 2017 Buda Dash Hound Races. We're going to a day of the races. You mean wiener dogs, right? Wiener dog races, yes. 2017 Buda Wiener Dog Races, April 29th and the 30th, apparently, according to this. All right. So start making plans to attend. It's a, it's, I think there's a char- I'm sorry, I'm stumbling. There's a charity involved, I believe. And they're going to be in the first and second tents that you see when you first walk in. They'll be the, in the bright tutus. But yeah, I mean, what could be more fun than watching Dash Hounds race? <laughs> I mean, we're going to dress up in our finest. We're going to go check out the pedigrees. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Place a few side bets, you know. Of what, course. What? Yes, yes. <laughs> it just sounds like a great old time. It's called Hosted by the Texas Sweeties Dog Rescue. That's the Aww. charity. <laughs> awesome. And actually, the Texas Sweeties Dog Rescue is based out of Pflugerville. That's what confused me. I saw Pflugerville written here on the screen here. Gotcha. <laughs> so, that, that is a little confusing. But it's happening in Buda, Texas, 2017. Actually, I don't actually see an actual... It doesn't have a, a, a location listed yeah, in the in the. That's events. what's confusing. 
But if we click on www.butalions.com, I bet it will tell us. Yep, the Buta Lions Club presents the 20th, 20th, this is the 20th annual Buta Wiener Dog Races. I'm surprised it's taken me this long to go. It's been happening for 20 years, apparently. I have been. It is a fantastic time. It's so much fun. Take a picnic. Set up your viewing box and enjoy a day of... Yeah, apparently there's arts and crafts booths, there's a bake-off, there's cook-off rules, there's wiener dog. If you want, if you have a wiener dog and you want to enter, there's an application online here <laughs> <laughs> to get them entered. Um, there's also a mixed-breed wiener dog race, so there's, there's, pet, there's, there's purebreds and mixed-breed. <laughs> They're separate, apparently. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> there's a pet parade application. Oh, yeah, barbecue cook-off application. So there's going to be barbecue Wait, there. You said wiener dog barbecue? No, 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 no. <laughs> Perish the thought. There's no. a fa- Maybe just wieners. There's a fajita. Wiener barbecue. A fa- fajita cook-off application. So there's going to be fajitas there. There's going to be a lot of good food there, sounds like. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. So let's see where it's going to be exactly. I don't, I'm still not seeing an address. This is really annoying. We will figure it out. Yes. Beforehand and post it uh, on the Facebook. Definitely. But yep. it, it, it sounds like a good old time. Buda is dogs. not a large town. No, I'm, it's not. I'm sure. Buda City Park. Okay, Buda City Park. We'll it's not find a it. big town that has one park. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be park. full of wiener dogs. You can't miss it. <laughs> no, there's there's signage. It's right there. <laughs> awesome. Right. All right. So uh, after that, oh yeah, that, that there's one more up. in May. We're gonna re, we're gonna poke a little bit into May. Right. All right. We're gonna have monster hunting. Yes, our friend Cheryl is hosting a monster hunting expedition at the Texas State Capitol on May sixth. It's uh, the only state capital that we have. Right. In Texas. Yes. It, <laughs> she says... That I know of. Well, we have some... Apparently, according to Facebook, we have people out of Texas liking us. So I don't know if they're actually listening or not, but... All right. <laughs> come to all the Texas, Texas State Capitol on May 6th. <laughs> Fellow adventurers, it has come to our attention that monsters have infiltrated our Capitol building. We will need all hands at attention to remedy this situation. This is a Pokemon Go hunt at the State Capitol, in case that wasn't clear. We will meet at 7 p.m. Parking is free at the Capitol parking as long as you you leave after 7 p.m. Okay, I'm not really sure what that means. What? Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Costumes are not required, but encouraged. Please wear shoes that will not kill your feet with a lot of walking on concrete. Hope to see you there. Yes, we've been talking about doing something like this for a while, so she finally set it up. Good for right. you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Cheryl. Yes. <laughs> so put on your, your best hunting, hunting outfit, outfit oh. and prepare for the Pokemon hunting. I, I imagine it's probably not a good idea to bring any kind of gun-looking uh, equipment. No, no. Know. Stay away from the, the sidearms, even if they are props, because, uh, you know, it's, probably not it's a, good a idea. government building, and they're pretty sensitive. Right. Ugh. So just dress up and bring your phone for the Pokemon hunting. Right. <laughs> and after that... Down in Wimberley, we have... Yes, uh, the 2017 Wimberley Makers Fair. I didn't even know Wimberley had a maker community, but hey, here we go. Wimberley's Stitch Studio is proud to offer the first Wimberley Maker Fair for artists to come and participate in an evening of fun on the beautiful studio grounds. This evening is to encourage the growth of Texas artists, crafters, growers, and musicians in a family-friendly environment. We will have live music, fun activities for the whole family, such as face painting, games, and more. Uh, and that's at Wimberley Stitch Studios at 704 Farm to Market Road, 2325 in Wimberley, Texas. Cool. Any excuse to go to Wimberley? It's a great town. Yeah, it is. It's fun. 
good people there. So that pretty much covers everything. I think we're done for another. We got another one in the can. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything else we need to? Anyone would like to add? No, I think that's good. Whether you like distorted dystopian dramas like Brazil, or you're more of a straight happy ending sort, uh, we're glad you're listening to our show. Yep. And, be, sh- be sure to find us on Facebook and give us a like if you haven't already. Yeah, leave a comment. Let us know that we uh, that you, we're reaching you. Yes, we like we like I, I like having conversations with people. Send us messages, leave us comments, let us know if there's anything you 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 know about that we haven't heard about. We you welcome know. constructive criticism. Yes, constructive criticism. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my feelings hurt. Aww. So be constructive. That I saw. I think that about covers it. And so, All right, you know. Until, Until next, next time, time mind, mind your gauges. Thanks for listening. This has been the Texas Steampunk Connection. Opening music was the Texas Steer Rag by George Botsford, recorded in 1909. Please like us on Facebook at Texas Steampunk Connection. Where you will find a link to all the topics we talked about in this episode. Until next time, mind your gauges. Recording now, so just recording right now, yeah, right now, this right now, this very now? second, yes, we're recording. Hello, all right, then we're recording now. Yay, how well is this picking up? I'm gonna sit Doodly back dee. here. Is it picking me up? <laughs> Maybe I'll scoot in a little closer. You can't handle me at my deadliest, you don't deserve me at my deadliest. <laughs> <laughs>